Hello, my name is Adam. Hi, my name is Johnny. Hello, my name is Bridget. And, and we've, we've never, never seen Thief! Bridget can't handle inflections. That's what you'll learn in last week's episode. <laughs> I did listen to the good of that one. That was funny. That was pretty good. Yeah. I, we did have a fun time. It was a good, good fun time chat that time. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. You heard all our names up top as we are all here on the show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film they've never seen before, but they absolutely should have. And we are all here to collectively sit on the hottest of seats to see the 1981 film Thief, starring the recently departed James Caan. Johnny Bridget, welcome. Thank you. So, uh, as I mentioned, we are all saddened, I think, by the the passing of James Caan, who has been a fixture of Hollywood since the the 60s, starting in TV, doing movies, going back to TV, continuing to do movies, uh, who passed away last week. And uh, one of the films that got thrown around a lot in the bylines of articles about his passing was the star of Godfather and Thief, the man who starred in Thief. Like, this movie got thrown around as the, you know, thief, right? Uh, so we figured, since none of us had seen it, figured the uh, perfect opportunity to take a look at this uh, this early 80s film. Uh, before we jump into the film specifically, I obviously want to get your guys' take on James Caan, any favorite roles of his that you had, outside of, I think, the one we probably all enjoyed. Um, but Bridget, I'll start with you. How do you feel about uh, James Caan? I-, I loved him. I'm really sad. Love him in The Godfather. So good as... Sonny. Love him as the grumpy dad and elf. I loved his presence on Twitter. I don't know if either of you are aware. He was a tweeter late into his life. Mm-hmm. And he would just kind of tweet like the m- most outrageous opinions. Like, this is not a real James Conn tweet, but like, like if you think a hot dog is a sandwich, fuck you. But he would end all of them with just end uh, of tweet. Or that's the tweet. <laughs> that's the tweet, that's yeah. That's the tweet. Yeah. And I just... So charming. And now that he's passed, there were a lot of good retrospectives and sort of people digging up, you know, old interviews with him and Playboy and stuff. And he just was so curmudgeonly but charming and, I don't know, a mensch. Mm. Yeah, I did see, I think, one of the tweets on when Ray Liotta passed. He responded to a tweet where someone was either like dragging Ray or talking down. And he was just like, Shut the fuck up. Like, be yeah. better, be better <laughs> piece of shit. That's the tweet. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, even defending friends to the to the very end. Because that wasn't even that long. It's been a rough go for famous mobsters this last month. Between really? Ray and Tony Sirico from The Sopranos. And obviously, Jimmy Conn from The Godfather. So, God's coming for the, the fake mob. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> you better watch out. Yeah. It's like Untouchables over here. But with God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, how about you? How'd you feel about James Conn? Yeah, I liked him in the the small amount of projects that I've seen him be a part of. Uh, Godfather, Elf, uh, Misery's one we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's great in that. I don't. I feel like there's he, he's so popular in Hollywood, and his name comes up a lot. And to his like, uh, curmudgingly is the personality that kind of comes across 
from just interviews with him, but he's very sly and he does it in a very humble way and not a very like trying to be a dick. Yeah. Um, it's it's a nice sort of balance and you come away being like, that guy's kind of the man and he kind of sticks to his guns on his personality, which I like. I just, again, this the stuff that I've seen him in, he is great in and I don't know if he's like typecasted at all because of that sort of personality a little bit. Again, he's, I think, an elf. They were looking for someone that just would not smile, has that sort of like salt of the earth feeling and look. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 sad because I also won. It's 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 sad that I had to have him go, but also it brings to light other things like this thief and other movies mm-hmm. that I think I'd be like, oh, like I would never like seek it out. And it's terrible to say, but sometimes it takes the passing of someone to like retrospectively look at their life and their work and appreciate some of those things. Yeah. So I'm glad we're taking a look at this one today because I have heard of Thief mentioned in the breath of him and other things but i'm excited to look at something where maybe he's more of front and center because the stuff that i have seen him in he's always supporting for the most part well i mean i suppose in misery he is a main character i haven't seen it oh you haven't no i just know he gets his leg broken and he's an author right yeah yeah that's all i know (laughs) it's a great movie and i hope we see it at some point but but yeah so again don't know anything about it but i Imagine he might be at the forefront because he's talked about so much. But he is the star. He, yeah, is, he is top. I mean, he's, he is he's top, top bill. He's okay. top bill. He's the. There's like I looked at the the IMDb just to kind of prep for the show. Yeah. There's a ton of names in this that you'll recognize, or at the very least, faces that you'll recognize. Okay. Um, some people that have been in some of the other movies we've seen, uh, but he is he's top front and center. Like he is the main character of this movie. So gotcha. yeah, we'll definitely get okay. him to see cool. the forefront. Uh, to, your, you? uh, to your point, I do think he was probably typecast, but not the way that most people are, where they're typecast to a role. He was typecast to his personality. To be James Conn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The same thing that we talked about with Ray Liotta, where so many of Ray's credits were just Ray Liotta, like in things. Yeah. Because they're like, we need a Ray Liotta type. Well, let's just give Ray Liotta to be Ray Liotta. Right. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, let's Can do that. That him? sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I do think that he was probably, but I, I haven't seen enough of his work to know that for certain. I would think this seems like the type of movie where we might get a very similar style, but Godfather and Elf for the, the two big ones. I think there were some other things I'd seen him in, but they weren't big enough roles or they were James Conn credits like to, to be able to formulate any opinion outside of those two. But Sonny's death and the Godfather is one of the most iconic scenes in the movie right? that I think everyone just saying it, you can picture that tollway stop and yeah. just like right. know what's about to go down when you watch that movie. And then Gets even littered. after, yeah, exactly. So I think that's one of the most iconic scenes in the movie that isn't like make him an offer. He can't refuse. Yeah. Like, you know what one I was thinking? Cause I rewatched it recently mm. in light of his passing when he goes to fuck up, Connie's husband Carlo like Mm. he gets the phone call and he's in the kitchen and he's in his suspenders and his wife beater Mm -hmm. and you see him like losing his mind slam the phone and then it cuts to him pulling up on the street and the beat down oh in the street yeah the the water spraying out of fire hydrant and everything and there's a shot though where he go like and this just felt like something that James Caan would do where he just was like he bites his finger Carlo is like gripping like a fence rail and he bends down he bites the finger and i rewatching it i was like 
this is amazing. This <laughs> <laughs> is phenomenal. It's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, that, that role is instantly iconic, I think, for an older generation and anyone who is a cinephile, appreciates cinema. They've seen The Godfather. Like, that's a staple that if none of us had seen it, it would have been one of the first five episodes. Right. Like, uh, to that point. Uh, but then I think for the younger generations, it's nice because they have Elf. And obviously, he's not the focal point of Elf, but he's he's the one with the arc. He's the one arc, correct. In that movie. Yeah. And so it's, even though you're watching for Will Ferrell and you're watching for Christmas hijinks and you're watching for all these things that Elf is, at the end of the day, like, it's a James Conn redemption story, which is kind of sweet because he yeah, is yeah. this curmudgeonly man who learns to, like, eh, take a chill pill every once in a while. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, like, that's not necessarily my favorite movie, but... It's like it's a good role for him. It's good that he has an arc and kind of has like a a nice moment at the end to like have his heart grow three sizes that you would see in a Christmas style movie. So I right. think that's nice. But yeah, those are really it. Like I think I saw his rollerball back in the early two thousands because it would have been playing all the time on like an HBO when the new rollerball with the whoever L Cool J came out. Yeah. yeah. So I think I saw that at some point, and it's like, whatever, it's just a cheesy 70s sci-fi action thing that is nothing really, <laughs> but... Yeah, I kind of whipped through just his filmography quick, and I've seen Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is like a shitty like 90s action movie where mm-hmm. he's in it. I don't even recall his role, whether he was like on the side of Arnold or like a villain, but... I'm sure, again, he was probably just like a tough yeah, yeah, correct. sidekick to whoever the actual villain was if it wasn't him. Sure. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that where I'm just like, oh, he was in that? Oh, okay. Like, he's in both Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movies as the main character's dad. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Well, he parlayed Elf into voiceover work. and He's got a great voice. I mean, he lends himself very well to voiceover because it has such a personality behind it. Yeah. And like, he did a lot of the uh, the voiceovers for like some of the Godfather games that came out on like PS2, PS3 Oh, sure. Why not? Um, so. <laughs> well, I, mean, some, Ray, I mean Ray Liotta did it with fucking Vice City I mean yeah and yeah, some yeah. people wouldn't reprise their movie like I don't think Al Pacino's voicing Michael in the Godfather game so right. you, you know no right but I think he's the type of guy who's not like like super like like egotistical or like prideful of like oh I can't I'm not gonna do that in medium like you know what I mean like I think he's the type of guy who'd be like fuck yeah let's like like it'd be fun to do yeah, yeah. but yeah like he was in the Dick Tracy from the 90s like, mm. which is just like oh it seems Weird for him. But I don't even think I've seen the Dick Tracy from the 90s. I think I saw it once in the 90s as a kid. It was just like, this isn't Batman. This is stupid. And then... Yeah, yeah. Gone. Probably had a coloring book, too, if I yeah. recall. We'd rather watch DuckTales. Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't? Or Darkwing, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Both are great. Darkwing's yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then he had, like, he did some TV stuff. He had the Las Vegas show with Josh Duhamel oh, that he did right, for a little bit. Right. where he ran a casino. Yeah. But- was on for several seasons. People seemed to like it. I never got into it, but you know, started in TV, kind of ended in TV, and just doing stuff all the all the way around. So, uh, yeah, I saw a lot of the retrospectives. Like, I didn't watch all of them, but it seems like for someone who you'd think could be a real prick that nobody would like, somehow, seemingly, people really liked him as a person too. So, which is good because so yeah. many of those old curmudgeonly types, especially when they get into tweeting, become like the worst fucking people in existence. Sure. And he was just like, no, stop being a fucking asshole. That's it. Like, I mean, he, he, do, he does it, he does it in the way that like Harrison Ford plays like the dick to be funny. You know what I mean? Correct. It's like, it's a bit, it's funny. He's doing a put on, but even if he's serious, he's not like, I hate 
groups of people. He's just like no, but he does it with a being... wink, wink without winking at you. Yeah. It's like if you're not on the wavelength, he'd be like, "Is that guy really a dick?" It's like, no, dude, get your shit together. It's James Con, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's just from from everything that I did see, it just seems like people were really you know sad by right, it. And, right. Uh, he wasn't one of my favorites per se. Like he's not in my top whatever of actors. No, I not, love, not but... either too. But again, I think most people immediately think the Godfather. Oh, the yeah. Godfather. The Godfather. Yeah. So, but moving on from the Godfather, let's talk about Thief specifically. Johnny, you alluded to it a little bit, so I'll let you put any other thoughts on it, just in case. You said you don't really know much about it, haven't seen it, just heard that it's good, right? Correct. That's all I heard. I again, you. If someone just said, "Hey, have you seen the movie Thief?" I'd be like. No, and I don't know who's in it. Like, I didn't even know James Conn was in it until you guys really mentioned it. Yeah. And then I was like, I, the pieces started to connect a little bit because I think I'm like, oh, maybe I've heard it in that breath, but don't know anything about it. I don't, uh, 70s or 80s, you said the 80s? 1981. 1981. Don't know anything. Based on the fact that he's done a number of crime element movies, I'm going to imagine there might be some element of that, but okay. he also did Elf. That's true. So it could be a Christmas yeah. movie. We don't uh, who know. Who knows, yeah. Could be someone stealing the cookies for Santa. Yeah. We, do, we don't know. Bridget, what do you know? Um, I know the director. Okay. I believe there is another big name in the sort of antagonist role. But I, I can't remember who it is. I just didn't like have like that Pokemon, guess who? Like big <laughs> shape of a, of a formidable figure. I, like I said, I, I don't know, obviously, characters' names yet, but there are some bigger names towards the top. If it's if it's an unusual name as the antagonist, I think I know who you're talking about from looking at it, but okay. I can't imagine that person is the antagonist, so I guess we'll see when we get there. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> I had not heard of this movie until a couple of years ago, and people that I follow on Twitter started to kind of talk about it as this really great crime movie and i feel like i have a good understanding still could be of... stealing cookies from santa that's still a crime could be eating it maple be, yeah. syrup spaghetti yeah he's... <laughs> um, it's a crime against food yeah yeah but i had never heard of it and i was like mm, okay and then the director was revealed i was like okay and so it's been on my list of things to watch and just haven't gotten to it until now Okay. But I do, yeah, I think <laughs> it seems to me that this movie is experiencing like a little bit of a renaissance in the past few years. Okay. But that's just my impression. How about you, Adam? I had not heard of this until at least knowingly heard of this specific movie. Granted, I think I may have read the name when we did it. We did a movie with this director, and I'll ask you in a second if you want to know, Johnny. I don't. Oh, you don't. Okay, so we'll keep that a secret. But we have done one of their That's movies good to know. before. Okay. So I maybe read that out when we did that show. I don't want people to be like, you do know this movie because you read it. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know who was in it. I read a word on a screen. I, I, I said it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ron Burgundy style. Correct. <laughs> don't know. I don't know anything about it. I hadn't really heard of it as a James Caan movie until his passing. Where, like I said, it was the, like... James Caan, actor, dead, 70-whatever, however old he was. And then, like, the underneath subheadline would be, like, the star of The Godfather and Thief passed on Tuesday or something like that. So that's when I was like, oh, okay, well, I've never never heard of this movie. Let's maybe we'll take a look. Let's, let's watch it, because I think that would be good. And we were trying to discuss movies to watch, and I saw this one thrown around 
on multiple sites on multiple headlines. So I was like, this seems like the perfect uh, one. So it is crime-based, which is good. I did like the movie uh, of the director that we've watched previously, so I have high hopes for this. I think it will be good. Uh, It is an earlier effort from that person um, than what we watched, so it could be a little bit jankier. It's obviously a little bit older than the one that we watched, but I think it could be good. And the fact that it's talked about and thrown around with his role in The Godfather as one of his better things to list. Like, I didn't see it necessarily listed as Godfather and Elf. I saw Godfather and Thief. So I think that lends credence to that. This should hopefully be a good movie. Does look like it's got good Rotten Tomatoes and audience scores and all this stuff. Critical reception seemed to be good. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. You guys have any last minute expectations? I know it seems like Bridget and I know just a a little bit more. uh, But Johnny, anything that uh, that you're looking Uh, forward to? No, I mean, again, I also, I mean, I know you mentioned whatever critically well-received or whatever. Again, I try not to go into it too much with that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's it's James Conn, and if it's said in the same breath as The Godfather, then it's, I don't know, it's like, it, it's going to be good. Like, maybe it's going to be good. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling, too. Nice. All right, then. What do we have to say for ourselves? Fine. Fine. I'll, I'll watch, watch it. it. We are back. We have just finished watching 1981's Thief, starring the dearly departed James Caan. We were all in the hot seat this week as none of us had seen this film. Uh, Johnny, I'll start with you. How are you feeling after watching this movie? Uh, this is one of the coolest movies we've seen on the show. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, same. Okay. This is one of the best movies we've watched. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Adam... I thought it was good. <laughs> I, 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 wow, I wasn't. I was not expecting that follow up. I it, it was good. I uh, James Conn is great mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely deserved more starring roles. I cannot believe this was not a springboard to more starring roles in things like this. Like I feel like his filmography should be way longer with way more impressive and important things based on his performance in this and obviously following up, you know, on Godfather and all that, but. There was a lot of times where, and this was something that we had danced around in the beginning, but this is a Michael Mann movie. We recently watched Heat, and I feel this is very much the proto-Heat. Yeah. Whereas 
there's a lot of similar things. There's the subplot of the the Khan who just wants one last job, but first he's going to uh, threaten this woman into being his family. <laughs> uh, and then carrying on from there, and obviously things don't go as planned because they never do when there's one last score. So there's a lot of similarities there, which I felt like clouded the experience a little bit. Uh, but I, I thought it was really good. I just don't know that it's necessarily the, the best thing we've ever watched, but I, I really I, don't No, it's not the of... best thing we've watched, but... In terms of new things for For you. new things, yeah. It's yeah. undoubtedly rad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so rad. Yeah, I think for for you and I, Johnny, the air was sucked out of the room as soon as we saw Tangerine Dream come yeah. up in the credits. Mm, yep. And then it just... Just vibes so hard, <laughs> this movie. The soundtrack is... Who's this vibe? A lot of vibe. And vi- it, it felt very fresh for a movie from 1981. Right, yeah, because I feel like I've seen so many movies that have tried to do this movie like Drive, like... There's a lot of, like, Man on Revenge movies that we've seen of late. Like, I can't think... I'm picturing, like, a Walking Phoenix one that's recent where he kind of does the same thing. Joker? Not Joker. (laughs) I forget what it's called, but, like, he's... There's a little girl that's kidnapped or something, and he kind of goes on a rampage and kills a bunch of people. But it's just... It's a refreshingly simple plot, and I'm Mm -hmm. glad it wasn't too confusing. It was just easy to follow, and it was just more style over substance which Mm -hmm. is not a bad thing ton of style in this movie ton of style just the clothes and the griminess and the cars and the soundtrack (laughs) yeah it's weird it's like a noir movie in color with a synth soundtrack right Right. which is just like not a combination that you think of ever like name me another example that's similar you know, to something like that. That is, I would say, like a drive is like the newest thing. Like where it's Ryan Gosling doing this kind of. I mean, he's not really doing robbing anything. He's just like the driver for people who are robbing things. He's the wheelman. He's the wheelman. Yeah. But it has like that synthy score and that noir vibe, and there's nothing terribly uh, convoluted about a movie like that. It's just very simple and mm. knows what it wants to give you. And then it just has such an awesome, like, taxi driver type of ending where it's just like, fuck it, let's just get right to it, let's just kill everyone. Scorched Earth. Scorched Earth ending. Even though I thought we were going to get, like, a happy ending on the beach with the pick or the shovel. I was ready to be really, really mad. If If that that was was the ending? ending. Yeah. I may have still even liked it. (laughs) (laughs) I would have liked so much of it, but that ending would have absolutely killed it. But I, the point... I like this movie for a very long stretch. I was like, this is a very cool movie. And it was about the time where they were finishing up that big score and he pulled out a cigarette and the synth was just like climaxing. And I'm like, okay, this is one of the coolest fucking movies <laughs> we've seen in a long time. And if it ends on the beach like that, I am a happy little clam. Yeah, like, it'll. that's okay. That's fine. I, I'll forgive this movie of not tying things up nicely. Yeah. It certainly would have been unorthodox to see a, a movie about a bad guy because he's, you know, he's the thief. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a spo- <laughs> Even though we talk spoilers, I think it's pretty obvious to say this movie is about a thief. Yep. Um, but it's not often you see a thief 
just keep doing bad stuff and get a happy ending. Like normally they get a comeuppance. Normally they you know, turn over a new leaf and become a good guy. Right. Very rarely do you see like the bank robber just get away with bank robbing and then walk away. Yeah, and again, I think this is like that time with movies where they're playing with like going against convention of mm-hmm. what you typically would see in a movie where maybe things are completely resolved or things sort of end oddly. Like they're playing with conventions and emotions with the audience. Like, wait, that's how it ended? And you end up finding a lot of movies after this time period still do that, you know, very much like a like No Country for Old Men or like other movies where it's just like the ending is not what you wanted, but you step back and you're like, okay, that was kind of sick. But <laughs> I'm glad they went the extra length. Mm-hmm. They made that character Leo, like, that scene where he's, like, telling him how it is, Mm -hmm. POV, like, menacing as fuck. Yeah. Like, awesome. Uh, Jim Belushi's death. (laughs) Brutal. Dude flew against that van, graffitied it with his insides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of... Abrupt violence. Yeah, abrupt, but then little particles that come out of... Jim Belushi. Mm-hmm. Sorry, James Belushi, James. as he's credited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is his first film role, so he's James still. He's James. he's James still, yeah. The world is not according to Jim quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I was, uh, and, and that's, like, I wasn't expecting this to be the movie, like, that violent either. I would have been fine with a couple of gun wounds or whatever, but it was, like, when we all saw that, we are like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because I think up until that point, had we, we hadn't seen anybody die. No, I mean, we saw someone get Actually, no, I don't think so. Well, other oh, than of Willie natural Nelson. causes. <laughs> yeah. Other than oh, right, yeah, causes. Willie Nelson, um, who I honestly, for his brief little time, was fairly convincing in whatever he was trying to convince. Like, it just like... <laughs> yeah. I whatever wanna, he was trying to say. Whatever he was out. trying to do, I was like, he's doing a pretty good job at it. To, to point to that, just because I, I had read this just a minute ago, this was a quote from the review from Roger Ebert, who said that, the film's only major flaw was a failure to develop the subplot featuring Willie Nelson's character more fully. Willie has played the character so well that we wanted more. Yeah, I, 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 I wanted to see more of it. It seemed like there was a history there. It does seem like a weird inclusion for something that's not at all fleshed out. Other than, like, he was a father figure, he taught you everything he knows, and now he's dead. Like, it's... Like, yeah, I mean, I gotta imagine something fell on the cutting room floor. Yeah, but... I like- I feel like that's a foreshadowing, too, of the sort of the fruitlessness of Frank's Mm -hmm. efforts. Yeah, true. That's the early sign of, like, listen, you can move up a hearing, you can bribe a judge, your shit is dead on the table. Yeah. You're gonna die no matter what. Yeah, you're gonna die in prison or you're gonna die out there no matter what. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're you're not getting a baby. This house, it's all, like, it's not happening. You're not going to be yeah. able to walk. I th- There's no fairy tale ending yeah. here. I think just one more discussion somehow in there with him would have been well, nice. They, they chatted once. We just don't hear what Willie says. Yeah, really true. No, but you're right. Like, uh, one more stop off at the prison to have a heart-to-heart being like, we did it. We got you out. Like, it's going to be a week. I'll see you real soon. Like, give you a scene that almost feels like a send-off, so that way when he dies later, there's more of a closure, at least. Yeah, like, from that, an audience the first one is kind of like, okay, we both know what we are, and I'm gonna give you tips. Like, I like go, like, I'm giving you my blood. Like, go ahead, do it. Do, do you. Mm-hmm. Where maybe, like, a subsequent one would have been like, maybe you should slow down. Maybe you should do, like, you know what I mean? Like, in hindsight, like, close to death sort of reflection, if you will, yeah. would have been nice, but... 
Yeah, but I don't think that's what for a stoner about. country sing like like yeah. not bad. Yeah. yeah, but like I like that it ends on the line. He had a good line about lying, like you know you can't if this is someone you care about you can't lie mm-hmm. because you know you your relationship you'll be doomed. Yeah, it's built on a lie. It's always going to be a lie. You, you, there, nothing of this is real. Yeah, and right. then but then he also follows it up with. And if a person is a stranger to you, why are you bothering lying? Yeah. Who are they to you that you give a shit? Yeah. Don't put in the effort. Yeah. It was just like, just this sort of nice, like, who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. Like that to me is like kind of ethos that you then see Frank demonstrate for better or for worse throughout Mm -hmm. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of like also the like, get out of my life, get out of here, not being a softy about it. Just... You're, oh. you, you are going to get in the way of me scorching this earth. <laughs> get the fuck out of my like. He seemed like a dick, but I mean, he's just yeah. doing it to sort of like just get out of here. You gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah, because you're not going to listen to me if I like being hard to heart or softy with you. Like I want to scare you out of my life. Yeah, because if yeah, I yeah. if I sit you down and I talk to you, you're just going to love me more because I'm being straight with you and I'm telling you what is happening. You're not going to want to leave. You're going to want to contact me. I'm going to want to contact you. If I don't do this the hard way, then something bad is going to happen to you or that baby we bought. Right. I guess my point being is, like, he, his character didn't fluctuate too much throughout the... Like, it is kind of the guy we got in the beginning, the guy we sort of got towards the end, just more, like, on an escalated level. Oh, yeah. It's where, a- like, it's not like an arc where he, like, sort of steps... But he never sort of steps back and says, I need to stop, yeah. really. He's just, like, always sort of... Ahead. Yeah, it's not an arc, it's a hook. Cor- correct, yeah. Because it loops back around at the beginning. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's an asshole sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> of, it's a big asshole sandwich of he's cutthroat, doesn't give a fuck in the beginning, then he becomes a family man and he loves and he, you know, has, brings all of this in, and then at the end he's just like, uh, nope, that didn't work. I let a bunch of people in and look what the fuck happened. Back to being a big giant asshole at the end. So, like, Normally, you wouldn't watch a movie and be like, oh, the character at the beginning changed and then unchanged at the end? Like, that sucks. But, like, here it works. Right. Yeah. I I guess it is kind of like an asshole sandwich. But I think it's more... <laughs> more Because I, fi- I love him. I love the character of Frank. I'm like, he's not an asshole. He's just tough. I don't mean an asshole yeah, in, like, a, like, an unlikable the- way. But he's got asshole qualities that you need to have to essentially be a mobster which he kind of is yeah like he has a very small crew but he's still pulling jobs and he's moving money around and he's laundering stuff and he's got the car dealership and he's got the bar and like he's got his hands in a lot of pockets it seems a little mob-esque although with a very small crew yeah right but i think it's like it's more so it's more faustian than anything else you know this is someone who compromises essentially makes the deal with the devil mm-hmm. in order to get that family life the kid the wife the house the possibility of being out like all of that that scene in the bar where he agrees to take the baby like it feels like leo is satan mm. like when you see him like just sitting in the booth later after frank has left i love that yeah. you're like oh no but it's a little bit more Devil went down to Georgia of, like, fuck you, devil, <laughs> like, yeah. at the end. But you have to sacrifice the sort of simulacrum of yeah, what yeah. you thought was the dream. 
Yeah, it, it's like almost too good to be true. The way he acts, the way his character's portrayed, the way he's lit, everything is so bright. And whatever you want, we're going to give you whatever you want. Yeah. I'm going to make it happen for you. You only want one or two jobs, you got it. Like, I, it just... And, like, for me, too, I almost kind of bought it for a while, too. Yeah. Until kind of-, kind of like that sit-down at the bar and the way he was sort of lit. And they were just like, oh, this oh, guy... Oh, like, smoke. The smoke billowing around yes. him. It's just like... We're in, like, Scorsese's fucking, like, Mean Streets Tavern right now, and this guy doesn't look like a fun dude anymore. Well, because he also says, like, it's this kid's fault, their mother's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it's not the kid's fault, their mother's an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right, though. I mean, yeah, it's weird to say I want to buy that baby, but at the same time, like, if the mother's willing to sell the baby, like, that's not the kid's fault. You're you're doing a good thing here. You're, she would have sold it to somebody worse. Yeah, yeah, you don't You don't know. Did you feel the same way, Bridget, about that? Because to me, the third act reveal of, oh, he actually was a big, like, Leo was actually a big giant piece of shit who was leading him on the whole time seems a little late for something. And I don't know if it's just because we're watching in 2022 that I pegged from the beginning. Like, there is there is no antagonist. The cops even feel half, half-assed. half Oh, the cops are so lame. They're so lame yeah, yeah. and they're so half-assed that it's like... Well, of course, another shoe is going to drop unless it ended abruptly on the beach with the score going perfectly and everything going super well. It could have. Uh, I just like that dream of everything's just fine. He Dude, makes it. I'm going to think of that as the ending. <laughs> I did. So I did know that this movie ended with Khan confronting his would-be boss. Like, I understood gotcha. that to be the main conflict through the movie. So the fact that we don't get it until the end, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, this is more of like a traditional safe-breaking heist movie up until it becomes like a labor issue. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah a back-pay uh, scenario. A back-pay yeah. back scenario. Yeah, we yeah. need a payroll resolution form. <laughs> HR request yeah. form. Yeah. <laughs> so I... I knew the other shoe was going to drop eventually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because part of it, like, when it happened, I was like, are you playing this as a surprise to me? Because, and again, it could just be that we've seen so many movies that the, uh, like, the guy that you, the bad guy that you think is a good guy on the bad guy's side is actually a bad guy, not on the other bad guy's side. I couldn't tell if it was trying to play it straight of like, no, this is just, this is just going to be a good deal that works out for everybody. Nothing bad is going to happen. Something bad happened. What? Yeah. Or if it's just a... Just watch along. We all know what's going to take place, but you're going to enjoy the ride, which is how I felt about it. But the way the movie plays it off is that, like, it's a big, gotcha, third act reveal. Yeah. For me, like, the movie was just, like, it's a movie that casts a spell on you with its vibe. Mm. And, (laughs) yeah. But, like, I, the plot was just, like, whatever you, like, go ahead, feed me whatever you want. I already think you're cool. Yeah. So I wasn't thinking ahead about the plot. I was just waiting for the next really well-executed aesthetic (laughs) of the right music cue. Yeah. That black Cadillac on Wet Street. The black Cadillac rolling up on Wet Street. Or fucking James Conn with the aviators on and a leather jacket smoking a cigarette. It's like, (laughs) like, just give me more of that. Just give me a sizzle reel of that. So I was I was at the movie's whim. Whatever the movie wanted to give me next, like I was almost completely fine with at that point because, mm-hmm. again, like I said, I liked the movie a lot for a while, and then that the the actual heist happened, 
and that heist was so like intense and mm-hmm. like so weird and new to me. Like I've always seen, yeah, in the beginning he had like that big drill rig, which we've seen a million times. People got the uh, the glasses on, the protectors, and they're they're soldering into something. Here, it's like, what in God's name are they fucking doing? They all have these huge black suits on. They're carrying a piece of iron or whatever that is, like, 15 feet long. And uh, it just looks so cool. And the way it was shot, there was no music for long stretches of it. And then when it dropped the needle on him, just sitting in the chair watching the rest of it unfold, it was just like, ugh, too good to me. (laughs) Too good to me, movie. You know what I want. Thanks, movie. Thanks, movie. You know what I want. And then, like, the blood squibs came out, and I was like, oh, God, you're way too good to me. <laughs> you tease you. You tease you. Oh, my God. I do kind of wish they hadn't shown them testing that, because I feel like the reveal of this big, long stick and being like, what the fuck? Oh, it's like this big, giant match that they're using as, like, a cutter? Like, this is, this is crazy. Because when they first showed it, I was like, Wait, what the fuck did we just see? Because all we saw was sparks and light and them going, yeah, we made the thing. And I was just like, did you? I didn't yeah. see anything but a lightning, like, but a big giant sparkler. Yeah. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. And they, they let it happen for a while. Yeah. Oh, no, it went on. It was like real time. Like, I was like, you take all the time you want to get yeah. that door off. Yeah, you said eight hours? I, I got time. Oh, I got time. I got time. <laughs> and then the jewels. The satisfaction oh, of the... the satisfaction. Oh, yeah, I was what? ready for every drawer to open up. Yeah. Yeah, take your time. Go through every single... Listen, I played plenty of scavenging video games to know oh, yeah. that, like, this is the, the, the satisfaction of opening up every drawer and getting just a little bit of something. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, I've played those games to death. I have the patience for it. Yeah. Go ahead, James. You take every fucking drawer out of that thing yeah. and dump it into that bag. I want to see every last jewel. I've smashed every single pot in The Legend of Zelda. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Give me them rupees. Yeah. yeah. You take your time with that room, Jimmy. <laughs> That's right. You're cool now. We're calling yeah. you Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, you're cool now. You got the cool factor. But, <laughs> but yeah, James Conn, like, the entire time also was just like, Big dick swaggering guy, and I just love it. Yeah, the uh, this is There's so many great lines. This even the shit of the cut the diner with the the diner the scene. the cottage cheese and all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can I get some more cream over here. Yeah, the uh, the critics' consensus. This is on the Wikipedia, so I don't know if it's changed on the on the uh, Rotten Tomatoes, but the consensus says these uh, enigmatic conclusion will rob some audience of its satisfaction, but it's an authentic and sleeky rendered neo noir. Powered by a swaggering James Conn at the peak of his charisma. Yeah. <laughs> They're not wrong. <laughs> nothing, yeah, nothing about that is... Peak. Is false. false. Yeah. yeah. Peak charisma. I... Moving from jacket to jacket, where he, like, takes one jacket off, puts on a new jacket as the disguise. Oh, no, like... and I just love, like, where he's talking about, like... He's like, I change fucking cars I like I change... Mo- like, most of them change their shoes. fucking shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love, yeah, from the moment he shows up at the bar to talk to her, this is how you know he's peak charisma. I was like, God damn, I would get in his car immediately if someone showed up and it was just like, no, 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 come here. I know I'm two hours late, but get in the fucking car. Get in the car. <laughs> I need to talk. Let me tell you about me. Yeah. 
that was it's, yeah that's like my first scene where I'm like okay here we go he's letting loose or like the direct man, michael man saying go ahead just fucking yeah let's stop being subtle about how cool you are and <laughs> just go into just it. go and tell us how really yeah. cool you are you don't need to be humble about this no no you no. can be braggadocious yeah yeah, yeah it it's very but it's also just very like heartfelt and sweet when he's at the diner and he's talking about like this is what i want you yeah, he's like, I'm ready for the big romance now. I'm, I'm ready now. I'm ready for the big romance. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> Let me put a baby in you. Yeah. Let's uh, sh- put a baby in you. Let's buy a baby. Dude, <laughs> it's like the Mr. Darcy Pride and Prejudice speech, like, thrown into an episode of The Sopranos. It's so surreal. I like he's kind of nagging her a little bit about her old boyfriend old husband like yeah who was a coke runner is that did i, did yeah, I somehow pick a, that a, up a selling uh, yeah selling drugs i heard columbia and kilos so i just put two and two together yeah <laughs> and he's just like he was an asshole yeah he just a big 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 asshole, big asshole. We're going to be doing that to each other yeah. like out and about <laughs> we're just going to see some guy being a huge prick and just be like ah, yeah, big yeah, asshole, asshole. I realized I had to make a noise because otherwise we're just doing the A-OK. So everyone knows you're the A-OK symbol. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. If I do it fast enough with the mic, you can, yeah. you can hear, hear the fingers of the whiff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounded like a big ass. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> Clench up a bit, bud. Oh. And she agrees. She, she does. Like, mm-hmm. All right. That was what one else of them. can you do in the face of <laughs> But I think, like, by that point, magnetism. you can tell he's been doing it for a while. His ego is earned. Like, he deserves a sort of... Like, anyone deserves to talk that way. But, like, he's in a position where he is changing cars all the time. He has all the fancy clothes. He knows what he wants. He has a heart. Yeah. He's not trying to be a dick about it. However, this is my life. This is my style. Are yeah. you on board the con cab or what? Yeah, you in yeah. or what? Yeah. 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 It felt very heat in that moment, though, because we it had is. a very yeah, similar yeah. Robert yes. De Niro accost the woman chasing Being her Being completely out. transparent. But but then completely transparent, and she's on board from that point. Yeah. So, again, that's why a lot of this feels very proto-heat of, like, this is the student film For sure. to Heat's directorial day. And I, obviously, I know it's a bigger gap. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one thing I loved about that diner conversation, though, is from the moment he gets to her at the bar... The whole car ride, it's very contentious. It's a lot of yell talking and a lot of like, this is what it's like. She even does the same thing. She's just like, I moved around. What? I don't want it. And you know what's great? I got a fucking job now. Isn't that the shit? That's great. But then there's this moment where he lets, Frank lets his guard down a little bit and he takes the jacket off. And then a couple lines later, he says something and she kind of chuckles. And then she takes her jacket off. And so it's like, Oh, we both we're both enjoying this now. Like it's no longer this contemptuous, like yelling fit, whisper yelling because they're in a public place. It's like, okay, I like all right. I've heard what you have to say. Yeah, I- I'm into it now. And so like them taking their jackets off at just staggered intervals was like, okay, this is them showing that they're into it, and it's just a nice way to show that this has changed now. This is no longer the scared woman who just got. Uh, taken by a man with a gun out of a bar where she was enjoying Mighty Joe Young, the band. Uh, <laughs> and now... band was also great. Yeah, the band, the band was kick-ass. Oh my god. And the the way it gets sort of moved into the soundtrack 
Into out into the street. Yeah. And out into the street. Vera's Corsese, like, like... Oh my god. And that's... This movie rocks. It rocks so much. <laughs> I love the setup for him going into that bar, too, because it's him pulls up on the street, and then it's all shots from within the bar, yeah. and you see him coming through the window, but the camera's just focusing on all the patrons in this bar, just having a good time, bopping around to the music. Same thing, it, like, moves through, and it's almost like James Caan is an extra in the scene, because yeah. we're just waiting to get to whoever the famous person is that we're about to show. But then it's it's him. And so like he's still there, but he's not even the focal point. It's just people like enjoying it. And this happens a couple other times in the movie where it really just feels like it's creating a world, which granted is just Chicago. But at the same time, it's like, oh, the, there are people that live in, the, in this Chicago that are out enjoying a night that are all going to pay attention to this guy in a second when he brandishes a gun. And yells at the dude from CSI to back the fuck off. Right. Like, he's just, he's just ready to go. So, I, I enjoyed that a lot, too. And that speaks a lot to the vibe and the camera work and just kind of, like, the setup that they have in this. Right. I just like how, like, grainy, like, granule and, gr- like, grainy, like, everything sort of looks and just gross and city-like. And it's, like, that time period where every city is just disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you pointed out as soon as it started, you're like, what is this, Blade Runner? Oh yeah, when it opened up, I mean, you got Tangerine Dream just like slamming the fingers on the on the synth, and it's it's like Rainy. a fire escape that's drenched in water, and yeah. I'm like, dark, it's dingy. Like, want to see Deckard come out in a minute or what? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a vibe right from the get that I just refused to shake. Did not want to shake. No. <laughs> Let bathe me <laughs> in your Tangerine Dream. Yeah. Don't want to jump in the waves on the beach. Yeah, right? correct. And knock like a woman over. <laughs> chop, I want to chop off my life. At the yeah. ankles. <laughs> at the ankles. It was brutal. <laughs> the ankles. And then she's just rolling around like, yay, we did it. We were in the water. And You're yeah. just doing you like Jane heist. Fonda legs. Yeah. Like you did a big heist and we're all happy now. Yeah. A broken ankle for the weekend. Yep. Well, he gets shot, so it's karma for taking out his wife. I did have that God, thought. I, I was like, him. that's what you get for hitting a woman below the belt. <laughs> Um, the rules apply to everyone, James. <laughs> it's quite the punishment. Yeah. I like. I found him charming. He doesn't necessarily do much for me. James. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, which but James that... now? James B or James C? <laughs> <laughs> James B. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um. No, James C. Yeah, he's doing does everything. It. Yeah. Uh, James B surprised me. Same. Like, yeah. The, the scene when they show up. He and Marie show up at the house, and he's like, look at this house. Mm-hmm. Who lives here? A millionaire? Look at this tree. A pink Big tree? tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, that's the sort of shit that you say when you see someone's yeah. house for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know? Just... I wish we had seen this movie before we saw your house. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a green tree. That's it. We're dying poison at, ivy. We're dying at pink. Yeah. I have a pink tree. That's separate. That's for Plant Corner. <laughs> Plant Corner. <laughs> I know we've touched on it a few times. Costume Corner, though. Costume Corner. Yeah, great. All great. The His leather ring. jackets, the suits, the ring, the watch. All of it. His his hair undershirt at the beach. <laughs> yeah, this rug that he's wearing at the beach. Yeah. Dude, let G- men be men. Yeah, Jim really. Belushi's like sideburn, mutton chop, quaff thing he's got going on. He looks like the dude from Trailer Park Boy. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Living life in the end. Uh, I think he's got like a satin members only jacket or like he's got the like satin button up jacket at a couple different points. Yeah. 
her jacket at in the, the very bar. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That like almost like tie-dye black and white fur. Yep. I like all the sunglasses in this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great stuff. What a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> 1981. 1981. 1981. The My, house is cool, too. The house Great is Great cool. patio. Oh, yeah. Great patio situation. It's a shame what had to happen to it. It's, I didn't expect a lot of things to blow up. No. Wouldn't expect pyrotechnics in this one. When he left the house and <laughs> said, don't take anything, I thought the house would go. I didn't think it'd be an explosion. I, I thought it would just that. be like a small fire. Yeah. Because I, like, I knew that he was trying to cover his tracks. In the event that something bad happened. Sure. What I didn't expect was then the car dealership and the bar because like, what's that bartender going to do for work now, man? You just put all of your car salesmen out of, out of work. That's fucked up. It's not about you anymore. Yeah. You're affecting families and other purchase children. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're taking food off their plate. <laughs> it's not okay, Jimmy. You're a bad, you're a bad man. <laughs> yeah, a lot of blowing up. Yeah, the bar and- blowing up. Mm. I like the car dealership, the the twinkling of every other car mm-hmm. set yeah. on fire. I like. I don't know if it was again. I don't know if this was the movie or if it was like a hiccup in the streaming. But at one point during the car dealership, it's like you see a couple on fire, and then it like smash cuts to flame shooting out of a different car. And I was like, did we do we pause and then cut like cut real quick, or was that just the stylistic choice? But either way, it looked cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- listen, uh, the movie is very cool and I love it, but it undoubtedly shows trademarks of someone with their first film mm-hmm. as far as some editing, some of the camera movements are a little amateurish. Again, a lot of things are look really cool, but there's certain things where characters sort of w- like are walking towards or by like a camera or around a camera and like the blocking is not the best because you could tell he's like, walking around a camera mm-hmm. and not so much walking past like our view. So mm-hmm. there's just little technical things that I've noticed throughout, but I thought the worst one was the uh, to show us how inept the cops are and then he's put this tracker, which I don't know what the noise for that tracker is. Oh my but lord. Enough. Like For a and- while I'm like, what is going on in this car? And then I saw the beep. Yeah. Because it's just like scrambled because he's not moving. It's just like I don't even want to do the noise because you're going to hate it. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> But uh, the noise that it makes when it's not moving is just like, I couldn't hear words. The score is also playing. So it's just like muddled noise. It's just noise, yeah. muddled noise. But then when you realize that he, they're on the highway and they're chasing this bus, never to be seen again, by the way. We do I not like get that. a follow-up scene of those. Oh, right. Cops. We don't. Yeah. But the way that the camera. They're going to Des Moines. Des Moines. <laughs> yeah. so the way the camera pans along the bus to be like in the bus guys it's in the bus, it's the bus. you got the drivers in the bus and then it comes around the front of the bus and then pans and zooms to the word des moines just to be like they're leaving they're not here anymore yeah it's i like, mean it's okay c- come on michael we we figured right. it out when you showed the bus right this shot's going on a little too long it's it's a it's a cool shot and i'm sure it took a lot of time to maybe plan, like to kind of come around a bus like that and do it from the crane and all whatever jib that yeah. was on the, on the thing. And I'm sure he was so proud of it that they got it so flawlessly that it was just like, we're leaving it. And this editor was like, well, he's like, no, we're leaving it. Yeah. I yeah. like it. Which is fine. Yeah. Like, it, it is a cool shot, but it's just one of those things of like, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, yeah, there's plenty of things. Even like when the, the fucking bar explodes, it's like the explosion. Like, we watched for like a full 20 seconds, that thing like explodes slowly. It's like, 
he's embellishing a little bit. Mm-hmm. He obviously probably paid a good chunk of his budget out of it to yeah. do it. And he's like, we're going to show the whole thing because fucking studio made, made me do pay that much for it or what. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like. And there's not a ton of action in this movie. No, it's like, not a ton. There's the first heist, which is just, again, the standard putting the big drill into the safe. And then that's it until Jim Belushi gets shot, right? Like for the. I, I mean, other than the other heist, our main heist, and then then yeah. we get some some yeah. rootin' tootin' and shootin'. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. I think it's more just to milk the action because that's that's all there is for the action is like the bookends essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's probably just milking the like you said. We paid for it. I want to show this as many times for as long as we can. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We had a lot of verbal action, though. Mm-hmm. We do, yeah. In the social services office. That one I think I liked more than the the diner scene. Like, the diner scene is good. It sets up their romance. It sets the tone for what his character is going to be for the next stretch of the movie. Mm-hmm. But seeing that little glimpse of the, the asshole sandwich, Frank. Yeah. In the middle while he's, like, in a suit, like, trying to get a kid. Yeah. It's just fun to watch him just absolutely just losing it on this lady who, like, is confused from the get-go about the fact that this dude was in prison. Like, oh, you worked for the state? You worked for the prison? What did you do? Oh, were you in charge of the shoe or the welding department? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like no, I went to prison, you dumb fucking idiot. <laughs> he is right, though. If there's more applications than children, why are there still children? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love yeah, the- why are you so committed to keeping this kid in a box? Yeah. I like that he sort of says, like, I know what this is like. Mm-hmm. I was just and say. that you would think a child would be better here than with me. Yeah, you're crazy. It's disturbing. Yeah, you just I'm keep just him gonna in. go buy a kid then. <laughs> <laughs> keep him in their green walls and their like eight by ten box or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I like that little throwaway line of like, I was raised by the system. I know what I know how it is. I can provide better than than you can because I got a watch and a suit and Armani everything and a car and all this stuff. Yeah. So look at my ring. Yeah, look at it. He tries to bribe her with the ring. That's yeah. great. The she courtroom? sucks. She deserved to be yelled at. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, to be fair, most ex cons probably aren't super well off to where you'd want to give them a kid. Like I understand the strict policy here, but yeah. Uh, look at that charisma. <laughs> What are you doing, lady? I love the courtroom scene where they're trying to get Willie Nelson out on uh, good behavior, I guess. Yeah, and you uh, picked up on that, Bridget. Yeah, which, because, like... I could, I like could, at first I was like, what a strange... Johnny and I were just like, what the fuck is happening? Because, like, in the scene, the lawyer, or the, the judge puts his, ha- his head in his hands with, like, the fingers by his mouth, and then the... The lawyer copies that, and I really thought he was just being like, fuck this guy. Like, we got this in the bag. Willie's a good dude. He's reformed. Like, I'm just going to fuck with this dude a little. Like, I thought he was mimicking him. And I was just like, what is happening? Why do they keep going back to the judge who does the same thing? And then the, the lawyer does the same thing. Is like, is nobody picking up on the fact he's making fun of them? And Bridget, you astutely was like, no, he's bribing him. And I was like, Oh. Yeah, I was watching. I thought I was watching some QC like Jaws, Roy Schneider, fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. father <laughs> son mimicking session. Yeah, because yeah. the the judge at first, I think this is the sequence. The judge puts four fingers or eight fingers, four on each side of his face, 
to signify I want 8,000. Mm-hmm. And so the lawyer does two and two, be like four. Judge comes back, does three. Lawyer says three, three will work. Yeah. Then they get what they want. But it is a lot of like going back and forth of these men touching their face. Yeah. And like just looking tired. Yeah. Like you're at work. <laughs> <laughs> And not like in a cubicle, you're in court. (laughs) Well, it's not like this trial's been going on for six months and everyone's just had their fill of each other. Like, I'm thinking you just walked in here for your hearing and you've been here for 10 minutes. Yeah. No, yeah, it seemed like it's like a communal (laughs) hearing. Like, there's a a bunch of people being heard about whether. Yeah, the docket's tenfold and you just got to go through each one of them. And now it's Willie and his lawyer's turn. Yeah. Uh, But I did think that was funny just because I was so lost in the moment. Until you put that puzzle piece together for us. And then I was like, oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense now. It's less silly, but still fun. Because, <laughs> like, of course, it just worked that way. And then when James Conn hands the lawyer, like, 10K, and he's like, buy yourself a new suit. Like, go have fun. <laughs> I like the confrontation with the cops, too. Yeah. The first time they On pull the bridge? him over. Yeah. 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 And they're trying to shake him down, and he's just unflappable. Hmm. It does not get because he's been there. Yeah. He knows what's up. Yeah. You want a Buick? Come down and get a Buick. <laughs> you want a Buick? Come down and get a Buick. The one thing that shocked me about that is when they came up and he started talking and he's like, you know, the guy, like I'm in for 10 points, you know, the guy, the score, the big thing. I thought that they were working for Leo. Mm-hmm. Like I thought they were cops on the take and they're like, listen, I know you don't like cops, but you got to work with us here. Because we're the ones to help you make sure you can get into the building and out of the building safely. We're your guys. You need our help. Forgetting that the bank robbery's in California and they're in Chicago. Right. But like in the moment, I'm just like, okay, so why is he fucking with them and why are they fucking? And then they came back around again and I was like, wait, they're just regular cops, but they're fucking idiots? This is weird. (laughs) Yeah, because they started really getting on him around the time he started fucking around with Leo. Yeah. And the way that I sort of took it was like they, and later on when you hear that he's getting bugged and he's got all the shit like that he's like, as soon as Leo comes around into his life, everything's bugged, everything's fucked, that these guys are like well into like the vernacular and the vocabulary and all the discussions mm-hmm. of scores and all the other shit. So they're trying to sort of like schmooze him into thinking that like, yeah, yeah, we're with Leo. Like yeah. just slip up and tell us what you're doing. And it this worked guy, on me. Oh well, yeah, right. <laughs> But James Conn's like, no, fuck you. You want a Buick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pinch me or get the fuck off yeah, my get, car. Yeah, get the fuck get the fuck off my car. Oh, my God. I was going to tell someone to get the fuck off my car the way Jimmy Conn. Yeah, yeah, correct. Oh, yeah. dude. And by people, do you mean cops? <laughs> sure. Anybody. Lean on my car. Yeah. Do it. Do it. See what happens. Or Brian's yeah. going to get it. <laughs> yes. He's waiting for you to come Some, like, meter maid is putting a ticket on your yeah. car. You're going to be Just late for something. Just sit parked in the driveway tonight, wait yeah. for him to come down. Are you okay? Get the fuck off my car. <laughs> no, it's gonna, you know what's going to happen is you're going to be late for something. He's going to be waiting on you to like finish up and grab something. He'll be sitting there on the hood and you'll be like, get the fuck off my car. <laughs> and then it's a different kind of night. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah. But I did love the follow-up, even though they're bumbling massive idiots to the point where I, I wish that the cops weren't ever getting close to him because they, they really don't matter. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't impact his decision-making. They don't change up the plan. They don't affect anything. They're just there for him to have badass lines, which is great. I loved hearing them. Right. But it was just weird. Like, it was just a weird inclusion. Like, the Willie inclusion of, like, it's great, and the scenes are awesome, but why? 
Like, what are we doing here? Right. Food, just more flavor. Yeah. More vibe. <laughs> yeah, I guess just to set up that, like, he couldn't be running around without cops kind of figuring things out. So we better throw some in there. Uh, but I love that scene. That scene as well, where he's just getting absolutely worked over in the interrogation room. With a fucking... Phone the yellow pages. The trash can. <laughs> the trash, yeah. Fists. It's like ECW for a minute. Yeah. You, the trash is falling out of the can as he's hitting them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. But yeah, I just, I thought they were a weird inclusion because they didn't, they didn't matter. They no, just, yeah. They showed up. They didn't even scare him. That he was completely unflappable, which I guess maybe that was the point. is to show us that like, nothing scares this dude. He's, he's got it. He's got a handle on his business and he's ready to take care of it. Yeah. Regardless of what the world throws at him. But it did seem like a, a weird inclusion. The other thing that I thought was strange in that moment is that, so he's, he's talking to these people. He doesn't trust the cops immediately. He's like, I don't fucking, I don't know you. I don't know anything about you. Get the fuck off my car. But then it's weird that he accepts these jobs from Leo. A guy as headstrong as Frank seems like he would in no way, shape or form. And he even says it right at the start of like, I'm my own boss. I don't answer anybody. I don't got to deal with anybody. It's me and my guys. Like, what the fuck do I need you for? What the fuck did he need him for? Yeah. I mean, I know in the beginning he was saying, like, do two or three jobs or three or four jobs. And he was like, go fuck yourself. And then, like, I think when he caved and said, I'll do, like, one or two jobs or whatever. Yeah. Because he still feels like he has the wheel, essentially. Maybe. He just thought he was more in control. He right. got He let his guard down because he started caring about stuff. Yeah. Which is why he goes scorched earth and throws his collage out the right. window. I know. Caring he thought about he was stuff close to, like, getting the... Yeah collage together which makes that scene where they're like in i don't know where the fuck they're going to like boil james alive or whatever oh like the, in, they're, the they're at the plating plant. the plating yeah yeah they're gonna boil him they're alive. gonna boil him alive yeah well he's he's not alive john boil him dead he's very 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 <laughs> very dead yeah and on the side of the boil white him panel fresh. Van. yeah on the white panel van yeah <laughs> But yeah, that makes that scene even more disturbing because you kind of warm up to Leo a little bit, even though, like you said, there's just there's something going on. But the movie does a good job of like showing you the fun things, the vibe, the beach, yeah. and everything. The beach, the beach. What it could be. That what sick it could wood be. panel basement. Yeah, correct. Rumpus room thing he's got going on. Yeah, love that room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the most disturbing part to me about the like. I guess big reveal of this is how things are done is the fact that he's upside down. So just the bottom of his mouth is moving, but it looks like it's the top of his mouth, the way that it's like inverted. Right. It does. It's, yeah. Ugh. It's like, I don't remember this, no way to describe it, but I feel like there was things on like Nickelodeon back in the day with like interstitials between commercials where it would be the upside down face guy with like, uh, googly eyes on the chin. Yeah. Oh, chin monsters, yeah. And it looks like that. Yeah. It's, but it's telling you, I'm going to murder your whole family, and that's just unnerving to oh, see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because normally you see, like, hey, we got Rugrats up next. Isn't this a crazy thing we're doing? And it's like, no, I'm going to fucking murder your whole family and blow up all your shit. You got friends? They're dead. Yeah. It was a creative choice for sure. I mean, it just, just to invert his face or do something like that to make it look that much more foreign and different. Yeah. Than like the bubbly sort of like easygoing guy. Sure, that's fine. You don't want two jobs? Sure. You want a baby? Sure you want. Your baby's on loan. <laughs> yeah, your baby's on loan. It's leased. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my You God. are renting it from me. This, this, this was a disturbing part where he was talking about it's going to be in some sort of like local burger chain food. Like oh, yeah. Uh, you're not going to notice. You're uh, not, yeah. 
I'm going to feed your wife and baby. They're going to be like eaten as part of Wimpy Burgers. Yeah, Wimpy Burgers, yeah. Well, that's not... The, the wife's fate is street walking for uh, getting... Right. You know, oh, yeah. I'm going to yeah. put her out on the street. Yeah. And then some then, choice... Then it's like, right. no, we're going to have and people And the baby's her. turning into an In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, great, great speech from him, though. Like a great rehearsed no, yeah, speech. No, yeah. Really, yeah. really good. Hey, he left him shook, and then he went off and fucking burned half L.A. Which I'm not even sure. I understand that, like, they were in Chicago, I suppose. That's where most of it took place. I believe everything but the heist took place in Illinois. Okay. It's possible the other guy lived in California, but I don't think so because he would have had to drive back and forth. Like, I think they went to L.A. or went to San Diego, did the heist, hung out on the beach, then went back to Chicago to, like, shore everything up. Because Leo was talking about how his enterprise is national so like i'm gonna send you out to jobs in california fort lauderdale palm beach like des moines you know we're gonna send you to all these different places to do these heists because i got guys everywhere but yeah most of it i assume chicago based on what i was following was chicago illinois suburbs essentially (laughs) i was just thinking when he's like dragging her out of the bar and she gets into the seat the chair or the fucking front seat and then she gets out again. Such a good move. You and don't then, see that move And then he enough. grabs her and brings her to the driver's side and just <laughs> puts her in that. Because normally when that happens, someone forcibly throws someone in a car, they stay there. Yeah. And they're like kicking and screaming and flailing and like punching at the window or the door to get out. But this girl's just like, no, fuck this dude. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> gets yeah. out of the car. All drunkenly, of course, because she's been drinking for two hours yeah. straight. But yeah, that was really funny. Would you like a fun note from imdb trivia sure so we all laughed in the hospital scene when the doctor comes out and says that willie nelson is dead and he delivers the news and then he's just like are you okay so that was apparently because jimmy Kahn was staring at the actor playing the doctor so intensely and hatefully that he was actually frightened, and so he stopped the scene. And was like, "Are you good?" <laughs> like, that was oh, really? Yeah, that's like so that, that was an eight. improv for his own safety. Yes. That they <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because we were eat- we were chewing that one up. It was really. Well, you want a cigarette? What do you want? You want a banana? <laughs> you all right? I'm sorry, he's gone. Yeah. There was nothing we can do. Are you okay? Yeah. You want yeah. a popsicle? <laughs> <laughs> that was a, like. That makes it so much better because that was such an awkward scene because there's no bedside manner. There's no, like, there's facilities downstairs to help you with the next steps. Like, there's literally, because he says, who's his family? He says, I'm his family. The doctor doesn't question it. He just delivers the news. You'd think there'd be some follow-up of, like, a nurse is going to, like, you can go in, you can speak with him, like, say your piece. A nurse will come by and and we'll fill you in. I'm like, I guess I don't need that necessarily, but it's weird that he's just like, you good? Yeah. It almost sounded like he's like, why are you here still? Like, your friend died. Leave the hospital. (laughs) And we we laughed it off, but that was another thing I kind of rolled into, like, okay, that was, like, an odd choice to leave in and maybe amateurish for whatever, first-time director being, like, whatever, maybe that something someone would say, but no, it's bizarre. Yeah. Again, in the fashion how I'm relating this to as, like, a proto-heat type thing. I feel like, draft. yeah, because I feel like also because this is a directorial debut, he wouldn't have had the leeway to make a three hour movie where I feel like the three hour version of this fleshes out Willie, fleshes out some other stuff. Yeah. 
maybe makes for a better, maybe it doesn't, I don't know, but it definitely feels like there's a three hour movie in here that we don't get to see. And some of the stuff that gets cut regarding that makes yeah. the rest of it feel a little truncated. Now, I I know you've seen The Town. Have you, Bridget, have you seen The Town? No. no. we got to watch that at some point. But mm-hmm. I noticed elements of that, too, here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd be interested. I mean, I didn't see anything in the, the quick looking if there was any kind of, like, director's cut or how long, how much was left on the cutting room floor or anything like that. But it definitely feels like there's a longer movie, even though what they cut it down to yeah. is good. Well, I feel like the longer movie is Heat. <laughs> Yeah, that's, and that's why I'm yeah. saying like that. He took so this. It's a rough draft. He then expanded on it, took some of the themes, expanded those. And then rather than making it a boss who turns on him, he just took the cop characters that he kind of introduced in this, mm-hmm. but made one of them not a bumbling fuck, like fucking idiot. Yeah. So it, wor- it worked out in the end in Heat, which I do. Granted, I had more time to sit with that one than this one. I feel like that is the better movie, but... Are so good. Well, see, that's the thing. I feel like it's a better complete movie, whereas this, I feel like it's a more enjoyable watch because of the vibe and because of the music and because of the dialogue. Whereas Heat's a more complete movie that has all of those elements, but it works yeah. on the whole better. Yeah. Well, Heat lacks a protagonist that's as compelling as Frank. Mm-hmm. De Niro this- is very blank and not blank, but hard to read not very expressive pacino is almost too expressive at times and val kilmer just shoots really well (laughs) you know what i mean whereas frank you're very invested in him i think in a way that it's hard to be about any of the leads in heat I just think stylistically they're different. I think it like he is like a caliber movie. This is like a B movie. It turns into a B movie for me. Mm-hmm. The one thing I think I feel like Frank is the complete character, so to speak, and then you take you split him in half and move him to opposite ends of the spectrum, and mm-hmm. you get De Niro and Pacino. Like they seem like the split personalities of Frank. Yeah, because there are a lot of similar themes of. Just one last score, wanting the family, wanting to preserve what you've got. Like, you've, you've got this whole thing. Like, it almost feels like they split Frank and got Pacino and De Niro in Heat. Yeah. Which is where I think, to your point, the three-hour version of this is Heat. Yeah. Yeah. And you change some of it around, and you split that character into two characters to pad out that three hours. But I do think that is the better movie, but I feel like the better performance is James Caan. Yeah, right. He is a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say the other two aren't, yeah, but, yeah. This, but is, this is this is a vehicle for one man as opposed to two juggernaut actors sharing the screen. This is all about him. Mm-hmm. So we talked about James getting his... James B? Yeah. <laughs> Leo had a pretty crazy oh, face. Jesus Christ! Like, when they first shot him a couple of times and he fell and I was like, oh, that's an odd little death scene. He, like... He's grabbed like, his gun on the way the down gun. and everything. Yeah. And then when he would just slowly like move the gun towards it and I was like, Oh, here we go. I'm like, is he gonna is he gonna choose to die here? Like I couldn't understand what Frank was doing. Yeah. Exploded. And then, <laughs> and then Leo's head explodes. But then it also like he continues to die out. It's it's wild. It's wild. It's just... The splatter emanating from the exit wound. 
out of control. <laughs> so good. So good. It's like the blob. It just... Yeah. It's like perfect, like... Dexter would shit himself if yeah. he saw this blood. But, like, this is why, like, it starts getting to, like, that B-movie, like, almost Tarantino, like... The blood plaques yes. and the fake blood are pretty bad. It looks like red paint. Like, it's it's the wrong thickness. It's the wrong consistency. But in the way that a B-movie would have that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't blame it for that. It's just a thing that I noticed in watching. Because when Belushi gets his... And Leo gets his. Like, you can see the way that it kind of, like, gets goopy around the hole where the pack exploded. And it takes you out for, like, a split second. But then when you see the splatter hit the wall, you're like, all right, never mind. I'm back. Those bullet holes. Who gives a shit? Look at that thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's just shocking how much of it there is. Yeah. Yeah. Considering there's none in the earlier Yeah, right. And it's all end-loaded with blood packs galore. Right. Yeah. I also, at the end, when he goes into the house... And he's knocked out the guy in the kitchen who was going to get a glass of milk. That's and he great. looks across the kitchen counter oh, at God. the woman. <laughs> the wife or the housekeeper, keep, whoever. I mean, there was like a like, nod that was like, thank you. Yeah. Like, just, and she slowly that. turns her head 30 degrees away from him and just back to Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, to whatever TV show she's watching. Hollywood Squares. Yeah. James Conner's really bad at clearing corners. Like, I know he he's is. not paramilitary or whatever, but it looks real awkward all of the different times that he's he's checking around corners with the gun out. It looks real janky. Oh, yeah. If I was on that top balcony and he was, like, the bottom of the foyer or the stairs, or I'd be like, dude, you're fucked. Yeah. You're, you're getting so, one on the dome. You're so dead. It's amazing that Leo didn't get the first shot off. Well, maybe he did. No, he definitely didn't. Because he didn't shoot him at all. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, him, him getting him a bunch of times, the head exploding was great. Then Kitchen Guy runs for it. Which I it was I was surprised that they had backup outside. Yeah. Because where were they when he pulled up to the house? Right. But the the fucking the vest got me. Because I thought he was gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. I he, thought when Dennis Farina shot him, I'm like, okay, this is it. Yeah. He went scorched Boys earth. Glory. He gets his, but we all knew this was how it was gonna end because it's gotta end this way. And then no bulletproof fucking vest. Walk off into the night. Yeah. Love it. Title card. Title card thief. With those graphics, we I mean we didn't touch on it, we'll do it briefly, but like the graphics for the title of the movie and then the credits, like whatever that weird early eighties computer. It's like font. It, yeah, it's like the thing fun. Yeah. Oh, um, great stuff. Yeah. But yeah, walking off into the sunset with the bulletproof vest on and just like the hole in his shirt, he's just fluffs the jacket. Did not see that coming and what a badass way to end. That. So good. It's pretty magical. What a fucking pleasant surprise. Yeah, this, this, this is not a perfect movie. I wouldn't it's change not. a thing about it. Correct. Mm, I can agree with that. Leave all the flaws in there. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. I'll give you the Des Moines shot. <laughs> yeah, give me the scared doctor actor. <laughs> all of it, yeah. Give me the weird noise in the car. It's yeah. Just tracking them. We just don't know what it. Willie Nelson said. Taking Marie out at the ankles. All of it. All of it. No notes. The movie is so fucking cool. <laughs> have you looked at the poster by the way i have it's i, I love it it's so fucking rad the tagline could use a little work it's not i didn't even look at the tagline the so. tagline is like the take home tonight's four hundred ten thousand dot 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 tax free that's been written by someone who's not seen this movie yeah yeah like it doesn't it doesn't imply anything like taxes aren't discussed in this movie like the tax-free thing seems like it would be a thing that like this is important to know 
that is tax free, but uh, yeah. it doesn't fit. It ruins an otherwise epic poster. The poster's so good. <laughs> I'm sure it changes and looks really cool in a black light too when you're playing the soundtrack behind it. Oh my god. There were multiple points where I thought I was at like a laser Pink Floyd show. The whatever the song that's playing at the end sounds like it's a ripoff. If this shit's on vinyl, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Check that out. I want to know. It must. It must. You got a birthday coming up. <laughs> I do. I did read just going through the, the Wikipedia that originally he wanted the Chicago Blues mm-hmm. to score the music. I don't think this works without Tangerine Dream. I don't think it works either, actually. You're absolutely right. Uh, so it looks like there is a vinyl version. None of them seem to have the same poster, though. Mm. Like, Mondo made a version that's got... It's actually a cool poster, like a cool album cover. It's a diamond, but all of the different, like, segments of the diamond are screenshots from the movie. Okay. Which is nice. Not the same as the cool poster, which looks like the cover of, like, Tommy. Yeah. I'm actually surprised there hasn't been a remake of this movie. I mean, there's been plenty of copycats, but... Well, I think part of the reason that this movie feels fresh is it's not a young person's story, either. Mm -hmm. He and the waitress are both older. She says, I can't have kids. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, they're, they're not... both at least in their forties. Yeah, they've maybe they've older. been mar- they've been, both been married. They've both been around the block. Even in Heat, like De Niro's older, but the woman is younger. Yeah, you know, Pacino's older, but his, his... wife is younger. Yeah, like this is no one's in their twenties. That's that version's Baby Driver. Like right. Baby Driver is the daytime version of this nighttime movie, <laughs> where like it all mostly takes place during daylight. It's a bunch of young people. And then they get grizzled and old and it becomes Thief. Yes. <laughs> Alright, so I do see it on vinyl with the poster for $100. Oof. Okay. Might be a little too expensive for a birthday. We might have to hold out till Christmas. <laughs> Maybe. It's a crowdfund this fucking thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll launch a Patreon just so John Please, can buy thank the you. Yeah. on vinyl. And we'll do a live stream where you watch him listen to it. Intoxicated out of his mind on the couch. Yeah. With Correct. Yeah, with sparks oh flying behind me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it has to be with headphones though because we can't obviously play that copyright strikes and all that. Correct. Just yeah, work. but just just know that he's vibing yeah, that so hard, so hard. Yeah, <laughs> just laying one sparkler after another, <laughs> just right behind my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just connect a bunch of sparklers, like just the part that doesn't burn together, and then hand that you know in like a yeah. Just put 10, a piece of plexi point. behind me. That's it. They wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> this is gonna be Johnny's Halloween costume. <laughs> We've moved on from whatever the group project we were going to do earlier was, which yeah. also involved thieves and disguises and guns and stuff. But now it's just going to be you in the welder's gear holding the giant fucking metal pole with a sparkler tie. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, can't wait. It's going to be so good. Any other final thoughts from you guys? Any other uh, particularly good moments or funny lines that you want to make sure to get out there before we wrap things up for this week? Uh, no, I think we pretty much covered it. I, I just, again, I said it at the top, one of the coolest movies we've watched on the show thus far, despite its flaws, not the best movie, but I think for one that we all went in blind, mm. I feel great. <laughs> yeah. The going in blind part, I think, is a big, a big part it's of huge, it. It's huge, yeah. Because normally we go in blind and stuff and we come out going, that was good, or it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, this kind of was, I think, 
whatever, what all of us thought it was going to be, which was a crime movie with a kick-ass James Caan. And we got that, and then we got a lot more on top of it. Yeah, I know. So. Agreed. No. Just <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Still high for me. Then start wearing pinky rings again. Yes. Make that a thing. Only if you're rich enough to pull it off, though. No one scrubs wearing pinky rings. <laughs> That's true. True. Men, be James Caan. <laughs> yeah, be a rug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Remember, you can also rate and review this show in-app on both Apple Music and Spotify. So if you like the show, give us five stars as we greatly appreciate that and greatly appreciate any listeners out there uh, who tell a friend or just listen to the show and have a good time. That's all That's all that we ask because we have fun doing it. So we hope you have fun listening. You can also let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods what you think of the movie Thief, what some of your favorite James Conn roles are, uh, whether you prefer what other Michael Mann movies you may enjoy. I know we uh, didn't really touch on him, but we covered him a lot with the Heat episode. So if you haven't listened to that Heat episode where we talk about Michael Mann and that movie, I think that'd be a good companion to this episode because uh, a lot of similar themes and very similar movies at the very least. But uh, let us know what you think of Michael Mann and the movie Thief on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening. 